Today I want to talk about when God puts your life on hold. I'm not sure what it is, but there are some movies I can watch over and over again. Movies like Jaws, My Cousin Benny, and Shawshank Redemption. That's because each time I notice something I've never caught before. There are stories in the Bible like this too. That's why for eight weeks we've been looking at the story of Joseph. The book of Romans Chapter 15, verse 4 says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. That means that each time I read this story, it teaches me something else. And this week's lesson is another lesson from this incredible story of Joseph. Because it's about being stuck in a prison cell. That's why I'm calling this lesson, When God Puts Your Life on Hold. You see, all Joseph can do is wait. It's like his life has been put on hold. Have you ever felt like that? Like your life is going nowhere? Like it doesn't seem to be going forward or backward? David said these words in Psalm 6, verse 3, My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? You can just hear him. Hear the frustration in his voice. He talks about how he hates to wait. And that's what it is when our lives are put on hold. It's waiting, and we hate it. Yet the truth is, waiting is a big part of life. We wait in line. We wait in traffic. We wait while we're on hold on the phone. We wait on our spouse. We wait on retirement. We even wait for sermons to be finally over. I was reading something interesting this week. It was about the NFL. You know, the NFL season is starting next week. And the average broadcast of an NFL game is a little over three hours. The Wall Street Journal looked into this several years ago, and they discovered something. And you'll notice this on the chart that you have there. The chart just shows that 63 minutes of the NFL game that's broadcast is spent in commercials. 67 minutes are shots of the players just standing around waiting. And then about 30-some minutes, over 30 minutes, there are shots of the coach and the crowd and the cheerleaders, and guess what they're doing? They're standing around. If you look at this chart closely, the actual time spent watching the players actually play the game is only 11 minutes. 11 minutes. Most of the time, we're watching people wait. We hate to wait. The thing is, there's going to be times, there's going to be times in your life when God's going to let you wait. He's going to put you on hold. Moses waited 80 years before he led the children of Israel out of Egypt. Noah waited 120 years before it would rain. Paul waited three years in Arabia. And when we read about the story of Joseph, we find that he's waiting for over 10 years in prison. I'm reminded of the character Red in Shawshank Redemption. He said this one time. He said, prison life consists of routine and then more routine. And that's exactly what Joseph is experiencing. Years and years of long, dull, monotonous, slow-moving time. It just grinds away month after month. 
month after month of nothing. Yet he would say to his brothers in Genesis 50, verse 20, You planned evil against me. But listen to this. Look what he says here. But God used those same plans for my good. Joseph would say, All that time waiting, all that time being put on hold, all that time of nothing going on day after day, God used it for something good. I guess you could say Joseph was the first person to ever say, good things come to those who wait. So what do I do? What do I do when God puts my life on hold? Well, we learn from Joseph four things you can do when you feel like your life is on hold. Number one, I can take a spiritual inventory. Look at the Bible says here in Lamentations 3, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. Now it's interesting to me that the book of Lamentations written by Jeremiah was written during a time when the Israelites were held in captivity by Babylon. In fact, when you read Jeremiah 29, which is a famous passage where it has that verse in verses 14 and 15, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to not harm you but to prosper you, plans to give you hope in the future. When you read that verse in its context, Jeremiah, as he speaks for God, God speaks to Jeremiah saying things like this. He says, hey, while you're in Babylon, you need to marry, build your homes, and raise your families because this is going to last for 70 years. You're going to wait for 70 years before I'll bring you back to this place. But you can be sure that it's going to happen. And so Jeremiah writes in Lamentations these words again. He says, it's just good for us to wait on the Lord. It's good for our soul to seek Him. You see, Joseph couldn't go anywhere. And he had lots of time to think. And he spends a lot of that time looking inside, looking at his life. And see, it's these moments when you're put on hold offer great opportunities for inspection, for spiritual reflection, to look at yourself, to look at your life. While David was waiting, he said these words in Psalms 139, verses 23 through 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. You see, sometimes God has to slow me down on purpose because He wants me to look, to take a look at my life. And waiting gives me time to ask myself some great questions that I normally wouldn't do because I'm just so busy, I don't have time to think about them. Questions like, how did I get here? What do I need to change? What is God trying to teach me? What is He trying to do with me? Again, Lamentations, Jeremiah writes these words as they're waiting in Babylon. Let's take a good look at the way we're living and reorder our lives under God. So the first thing you can do while you're waiting, instead of just sitting there and doing nothing, you can do something. You can take a spiritual inventory of your life. second thing you can do while you're waiting is you can trust that God is still working. I was reading about this 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 past week about the bamboo tree. I find it fascinating. I've been in forests of bamboo. Denise and I went to Hawaii one time on the island of Maui, and there there was this 
this uh, bamboo forest, and the bamboo were like four to five inches in diameter, and they were so tall and the foliage so thick that it cut out the light from the sky. It was like it was, it was dark, uh, like it was dusk as we walked through this bamboo forest. I could, we could hear a helicopter go over us, but we couldn't see it because of the foliage. And I just remember hearing those bamboo uh, plants just banging, you know, hitting up against you, going conk, conk, conk sound. It was eerie. But you know, bamboo doesn't start that tall. When you learn about bamboo, you find out the first five years that bamboo is growing, it just grows a little bit, maybe a little sprout. But after five years, it grows 90 feet in 90 days. That's amazing. Now, the question, think about this. When did the bamboo start growing? Well, it was growing the moment the seed germinated. And a lot of times when things seem quiet and stagnant on the surface, below the surface, God is working. A lot of people call this the providence of God. When God is working and you're just not thinking about it, you're not aware of it. In Daniel, the book of Daniel, and Daniel, by the way, is a a prophet who lived during the time of the Babylonian captivity. While he was waiting, God said this to Daniel, All the people of the earth are nothing when compared to him. He's talking about God here. He does whatever he thinks best among the angels of heaven, as well as here on earth. No one can stop him or challenge him saying, What do you mean by doing these things? Joseph is saying, God is he's working. No one can stop him. And he's working on earth as much as he's working in heaven. And as Joseph hits this wall, as it seems like nothing is happening, something is happening. God is working. Psalms 105 says this, Until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. In other words, while Joseph was in prison, God was working, testing. Yes, he was revealing. That's what tests do. Revealing his character, but also refining his character. He's working on Joseph's pride, his attitude. Perhaps he's working on his, this independent spirit, this attitude that, that this, this, uh, you'd call almost a self-absorbed person. Because, you know, he wore that coat with pride. And here in prison, without that coat, God is just breaking away at this independent spirit and building this humility and dependence on him. But I noticed something else I think God is doing with Joseph. And a lot of times he does this with you and I during this waiting period. He's using this time in prison for Joseph to heal. To heal of the wounds, the emotional wounds that he had from his family. And it's good for Joseph. It's good for Joseph. Listen, when life is on hold for you, it's easy to assume that nothing is going on. But let me tell you, God is busy. He's busy preparing you. And I read this this week, and I'm just going to read it to you. What God does in me while I wait is as important as what it is I'm waiting for. You see, God is busy getting me ready, getting you ready, because things are going to change. In Psalms 37, David said this, Be still 
and wait patiently for the Lord to act. Don't be upset when other people succeed. What's he saying here? He's saying, look, you need to be quiet. You need to be still. Don't be running around all the time. A lot of times we're running around so much, taking care of so many things, we're not still on long enough for God to work. The Bible says there, don't be upset when you see other people. You know, other people seem to be moving forward. Other people seem to be getting somewhere. How come I'm stuck? Well, that's because God's timetable is different for them. It's not the same as it is for you. But you can be sure God is working. God is active. Even though it seems like nothing's going on, something is going on. And He's working on you and He's preparing you. And sometimes He's trying to get you just to stay still long enough, to be still long enough, so He can work on you. So when it's quiet, when it appears that nothing is happening, take the time to do a spiritual inventory and just trust that God is working. Now here's the third thing we can do. third thing you can do when life seems to put you on hold. And that is I can keep doing what I know pleases God. This is very important because this is what I notice about Joseph. This is the thing that just stands out about him. He just kept doing the right thing regardless of what was happening to him. His circumstances didn't define him. It was his relationship with God. You realize Joseph was all by himself? There was no other people that believed in God. They were all Egyptians. And the Egyptians believed in all kinds of things. They worshipped the plants. They worshipped the, the Nile River. They worshipped animals. They worshipped everything. But Joseph worshipped God, the one who created all those things. And I notice he just keeps doing the right thing while he waits in prison. Listen, waiting on God is not folding my hands and passively waiting around for something to fall out of the blue into my lap. Waiting does not mean I simply just do nothing. No, waiting on the Lord involves being faithful and persevering. Look what the Bible says in Isaiah 40, uh, verse 30 here. It says, But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. As we break down that passage, when you're waiting on the Lord, it actually refreshes you. It gives you fresh strength. And why would it, why would the Lord give me strength if I'm just going to be sitting around? No, He gives you and I strength while we're waiting so we can do something, so we can be faithful to Him, so we can honor His name. And that's what Joseph's doing. Joseph's busy. He's persevering. Now, here again, in Isaiah 40, they spread their wings, it says. I don't get the impression that this is an eagle just perched on, on, a, on a wire somewhere, on a limb somewhere, just watching the world go by. No, he's, he's soaring. And he's, he's spreading out his wings as God brings his, his wind and, and his breeze, and it helps him soar. So as God does his part, the eagle does his part. See, Joseph, though he's confined in prison, he doesn't get sour about it. He doesn't shut down. As he waits, he puts his faith in God, and he continues to do what is right. Let's read Psalms 39 here, verses 19 through 23. This is in the message, paraphrase. It says this, When his master heard his wife's 
story telling him, these are the things your slave did to me. Potiphar was furious. Joseph's master took him and threw him into the jail where the king's prisoners were locked up. But there in jail, God was still with Joseph. He reached out in kindness to him and put him on good terms with the head jailer. The head jailer put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners. Notice, Joseph wasn't sitting around. He was busy, managing, working. He was being faithful to God, being moral, being a man of integrity, being responsible. It says he ended up managing the whole operation. The head jailer gave Joseph free reign, never even checked up on him. And listen to this. Because God was with him, whatever Joseph did, God made sure it worked out for the best. Listen, I'll tell you what. When I get forced to wait, when God forces me to wait, and there's been many times He's done that to me, I find it very frustrating at times. I get frustrated. I get discouraged. And why? Because I want results. I want something to happen now. I want something to happen in my family. I want something to happen in my marriage. I want something to happen in my church. I want something to happen in my life. And when I don't see the results... When it feels like I've just been waiting, waiting on God to do something, it's easy to think, what's the use? You know, I can't really do anything about this. I start thinking, I can't, I can't do anything to change it. So I guess I'll quit. And I, I want to tell you, i got to tell you, there's been many times I've thought about quitting. I encourage you to never quit. Don't quit. Because you can do something. And what you're doing is making a difference. You see, you can continue to depend on the Lord and trust His timetable. Just keep doing the right thing. But Tim, it's hard to do the right thing. Everybody seems to be doing what they want. I like to do what I want. Yeah, and where's that getting them? You think you're facing a dead end? Let me tell you what that leads to. It leads to a dead end. Now Joseph, he just blooms where he's planted. He keeps being faithful. He keeps doing what is right. And he trusts God's timetable. Listen to the words of James in the New Testament. James says, Christian brothers, be willing to wait for the Lord to come again. Learn from the farmer, he says. He waits, look at this, he waits for the good fruit from the earth until the early and late rains come. I grew up on a farm. And I'll tell you, you worked all the time on the farm. But there was sometimes... Your work was different, I'd say, okay? Like we would plow the field and we would disc it and prepare it and then Dad would plant the corn or plant the beans, wherever it was. And I remember him, sometimes we'd, we'd get done and he would look at everything and say, well, fellas, we've done our part, now it's up to the Lord. My dad wasn't much of a believer, but he knew there were some things he couldn't do. He knew there were some things only God could do. There were things that were God's job and there were things that were His job. And because of that, we learned to wait. And when it would rain, oh, because we couldn't make it rain. We had to wait for the rain. And when the clouds would come and the sun would come out, we couldn't make the sun shine. The sun would shine. God would do all that. And the results were this good fruit. And that's, that's what James is trying to encourage us to understand, that sometimes we have to wait. And when we have to wait, we can look forward to some good fruit, just like the farmer, because we've done our part 
and God will do his. I think sometimes we get that confused. I think we get God's job and our job confused. I start trying to do God's job, and it never works. I just need to focus on my part and what God wants me to do. And that's what Joseph does while he's waiting, while he's in prison. And because of that, God has blessed him. This leads me to the fourth point. When God puts my life on hold, I can expect God to bless my patience. I can expect God to bless my work, my faithfulness. There's another prophet from the time when Israel is waiting. They're waiting 70 years to come back to Canaan, to come back to the promised land. In Habakkuk 2, verse 3, he says these words. God says this, At the time I've decided, my words will come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting. It will happen. And it was a long time for Joseph's life to be put on hold. It was over ten years in prison. But during those monotonous years, God works on his heart. And while waiting, uh, Joseph could have been like everybody else, but he doesn't. He decides to choose to be faithful. He chooses to persevere. And while he's persevering, he's longing for the day that God will make his dream a reality. And the thing is, God does. Finally, Joseph is out of prison. And during the seven years of plenty, he is married and he has two children. And look what the Bible says here about this. It says, Joseph named his oldest son Manasseh, meaning made to forget. What he meant was, and listen to this, God has made up to him for all the anguish of his youth and for the loss of his father's home. The second boy he named Ephraim, meaning fruitful. It means to be doubled in fruitfulness. And he says, For God has made me fruitful in this land of my slavery. Look, I don't know how long you've been waiting. Maybe you've been waiting for a relationship. You've been waiting for Mr. Right or Miss Right. I want you to know God wants you to focus on being Mr. Right and being Miss Right. And he'll take care of that. Maybe you've been waiting for a relationship. Maybe you've been waiting for a job. Maybe you've been waiting for some healing to take place. You've been hurt. And you just, Lord, I just love to be healed of this hurt inside. And maybe you're waiting for some peace. Your life has got so much turmoil. You've been waiting for inner peace. I just want some peace, Lord. Or maybe you're waiting for a victory. I'd just like to win. I'd like to be victorious over this stronghold in my life. Victorious over some problem I'm facing, over some circumstance. And I want you to know for a while, maybe God has put your life on hold. He's put on the brakes. And it looks like things aren't moving. I want to encourage you to keep on trusting. Don't quit. Keep trusting. Because God's going to bless you. Joseph understands this. You see, he didn't see it coming. It just happened. It just happened. You know, I can think about many time he was with the cupbearer and he says, remember me and tell Pharaoh, remember me. And the cupbearer forgets. And I can just imagine Joseph, those two years after the cupbearer left, he goes and says, is there any mail for me? Is there any, any word from Pharaoh? And the answer he'd get was no. And day after day he'd ask and get the same old answer. 
And maybe Joseph finally quit asking because he realized it wasn't, he just, just didn't expect it to happen anymore. But then one day, he heard a noise. He hears a gate open and he hears some guards walking and they're walking toward him and they stop. They look at him, are you Joseph? He goes, yeah. Well, Pharaoh wants to see you. Joseph had nothing to do with this. He did nothing to make this happen. This is totally God opening the door for him. God finally opens the door. Joseph is different now. He's not the same anymore. Because while he's been on hold in prison, God has got a hold of his heart and he has changed this man. Joseph looks at himself. I can't go like this. So he cleans up, puts on clothes, and he goes before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh tells him his dream. What do you what do you need, Pharaoh? He says, and he goes, Well, I had this dream. I had this dream where these I had these fat cows that come out of the Nile, and then these real scrawny, skinny ones come out, and they ate the fat cows, and it just scared me to death. I woke up, I thought, what does this mean? It really bothered me. And then I had another dream. I had these bundles of grain that were big and beautiful and bountiful. And then these skinny heads of, of wheat came and just ate all of the of the the weed in the field and and I can't find anybody who knows the meaning of this. Do you know what the meaning of this is? And Joseph says, no, I don't. What a difference here. Listen to Joseph's answer. No, I don't. But I know someone does. God knows the answer to this. And God will give you the answer to this dream. He'll give you the meaning of this. And Joseph tells him, those fat cows are for seven years of plenty. And those seven skinny cows coming out of the Nile, well, there's seven years of famine that's coming after that. And those seven heads of grain... They were so wonderful, they represent the seven years of plenty. And the seven heads of grain that are weak and they eat the seven grains that are plentiful are seven years of famine. There's a famine coming, Pharaoh. And then he says, you probably need to get somebody here that knows what they're doing and plan for this because it's going to be a severe one. And Pharaoh sits back and, well, how about you? Isn't it interesting, Joseph, he could have promoted himself. He could have manipulated the system, but he still relies on God. He just says, you know what? He's learned. God's going to open the doors. When it's time, God will do what he needs to do. And I'll just wait here, and I'll be faithful, because I know he's going to come through. And Joseph ends up being second in command of all of Egypt. He becomes one of the most powerful men in the world. Now why do I say all that to you? You're not going to see it coming. But God's going to work and open the door. Look at the Bible says here in Psalms 27, verse 14. David said, Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting. For God will never disappoint you. I want to say something here. I don't know who's listening to this lesson, but I know you may be in one of three categories. What do you mean, Tim? Well, maybe you're the kind of person that's on hold, but you've put yourself on hold. You know you need to become a Christian. You know you need to obey Christ. People have shared their faith with you. You've read the Bible. But yet you've never surrendered your life 
you've never let Jesus be Lord of your life. You've never put Him on in baptism. I just want to say to you, why not do that? Why not make the commitment and become a Christian? He will not disappoint you. What are you waiting for? I remember, was it Paul? Those are the words of the Apostle Paul. What are you waiting for? Get up and get baptized and wash away your sins calling on his name. And the Apostle Paul did exactly that. What are you waiting on? I understand you might be taking you know, taking the time to think, and you should take the time to count the cost, but don't take your time. Why not become a Christian? Or maybe you're not in that category. Maybe you're in the second category. You've been a Christian for a while. But somehow your life is on hold. And God's not put it on hold. No, you've put it on hold. You've backed away from a lot of things. You're not reading your Bible like you used to. You're not involved in ministry like you used to be. You're not involved in a small group anymore. You're not talking to people. You're not praying like you used to. You've just kind of backed off. And and you're in this holding pattern. But it's not God that's put you there. And let me say to you, if you put yourself on hold, you're not going to learn. You're not going to grow. I beg you, why not why not rededicate your life to God? Why not decide I'm gonna I'm gonna change this. I'm no longer gonna put my life on hold anymore. You know whether or not that's true. And if you put your life on hold, let me beg you, let me beg you to rededicate your life to Christ. Now to this third group. I'm talking to people who you're like Joseph, you've been faithful. You, you've kept doing what's right. You keep being a man of, and a woman of integrity. You keep following the Lord's teachings. You're moral. You're faithful. And there are things that's happening. You're like, I, it just seems like, Tim, there's not a lot going on right now. It's like I'm having to wait. It's so hard to continue to be faithful, to keep doing the right thing. Sometimes I just want to quit. I want to say to you, don't quit. Don't quit. You keep working. You keep trusting God. Because in due time, He's going to work. In due time, He's going to act. And one day, listen, I don't want to sound like some TV guy, but it's. I want to tell you, I know this is true. You may be within just a few days of God opening a door. A breakthrough may be just a few days away, a few weeks away, maybe a few months away. If you'll just hang in there, let me encourage you to do that. Let me encourage you to trust the Lord when He puts your life on hold. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank You for Joseph. Thank You for his life. Thank You for the things that we're learning together as we look at this Prince of Egypt. Lord, I'm just blown away by what we've learned from this man. And Father, I know some of us here, I know for me sometimes I feel like my life has been put on hold at times. Father, help me use this time. Help us use this time to look inside, to take a spiritual inventory. Father, help us keep doing what pleases you. Help us trust that you're working. Though it seems like nothing's happening, Help us trust that something is, that you're working behind the scenes, under the surface. You're working on other people. You're working where I work. 
you're working in my home and my family, with people in my family. Just help me to stay faithful, Father. Help me keep doing the right thing. And Lord, help my hope. Help my hope grow. Father, I want to always believe and expect that you're going to bless my patience. Bless our patience. Bless our patience, Father. Bless our perseverance. It's hard sometimes following you. And we know that good fruit, good fruit, like a farmer waiting for good fruit, we know good fruit is coming. We know something good. And help us, Father, experience that. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.